I learned later on that it means don't look at me. Yeah, miru na that way. And I remember one time at the beginning, because of course when people ask your name, you just automatically say your first name. And a guy asked me, what's your name? And I said, oh, Miruna. And he looked really offended because before I spoke Japanese and I was telling him not to look at me. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Study Abroad and Exchange podcast. As always, I'm your host Gemma from the Study Abroad and Exchange team and I'm joined by my lovely colleague. Hi guys, I'm Hayley and we are here with Miruna who was on a year abroad to Japan and she's going to introduce herself and tell us about her time out there. Hi, I'm Miruna and I went to Japan in Kyoto, but I stayed in more countryside and while abroad I learned global communication but at University of Southampton, I do philosophy and history. Okay, great. So I have to ask, uh, where does your name come from? Well, I mean, it's Romanian. Um, but, you know, when I was abroad in Japan, actually, I learned later on that it means don't look at me. In Japanese? Yeah, miru na, <laughs> that way. And I remember one time at the beginning, because of course when people ask your name, it's just automatic to say your first name. And... A guy asked me, what's your name? And I said, oh, Miruna. And he looked really offended because <laughs> before I spoke Japanese and I was telling him not to look at me. <laughs> but, you know, he later, le- you know, he later realized, of course, I don't know Japanese and I wasn't offending him. Actually, um, he reminded me of this. I remember I had a friend in one of my classes who was quite, you know, chilled back and quite nice. And we had like a... Um, inside joke whenever we see each other we'd like shout don't look at each other <laughs> and you know people thought we were being really weird especially in the toilets just shouting don't look, don't look. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really fun oh, funny. so you ended up going by what name instead uh, my middle name just diana okay. also it's easier to spell because you know if you have like loads of vowels in your name it's quite difficult to look. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so what made you choose Japan as your study abroad destination? Um, I want to go to Japan because it's quite far away, I guess, and quite different to what I'm usually used to. When I, I never like really traveled outside of Europe, so I thought you know this would be a chance to try and go somewhere very far because of course you had choices where you go. I got my first choice, and at the same time I realized you know from Japan you could travel around all parts in Asia quite easily and quite cheaply compared to traveling from the UK to Asia. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Did you have any Japanese um, language skills before you went out there? Um, not really. I think we found out quite late where we were going abroad, and I didn't really have time to consider learning extra, like words because I also had to think about my university work. And I think you just pick up when you're there because I think, like for me, when I was in cafes, for example, I will pick up the way they were saying things. And like for example, we say, no, do you want smoking or non-smoking? Um, do you want to eat in or take out? So your brain just automatic, automatically learns, it picks up, and you just copy people and learn there. Okay, and so you found it quite easy to get to get on with only having English or not, well, not only having English, but not speaking Japanese. Well, I mean, like, they don't really speak English as much as you'd think well i expected them not to but i think some people might think you know that english is like an international language and everyone speaks english mm, but so you're fine the truth is and it's not like that for example when we went to the city council too because you had to sign up for health insurance you know just sign up that you're a resident there for a year um they didn't really speak english as much but the good thing is they're really patient and also it kind of teaches you patience as well and also teaches you how to interact with people 
in a way, you know, like in a new situation. But I just felt like Japanese people are so lovely with us, like they never judge us. And I remember one time I learned how to say, can I have one matcha latte? And I was, you know, it's um, matcha latte hitotsu kudasai. And I go to, I went to um, a convenience store and I said it to them, they started clapping for me and like cheering. Oh, and I felt so sweet of them. Oh, that's so nice and encouraging because it probably made you feel like you could try to say more things. Yeah, I think some people would think it's condescending if you live there for a long time. But when you're like at the beginning and you're just like learning the basics and just like you know you don't know any Japanese it kind of feels encouraging I think yeah that's yeah nice. that's nice did you find then that adapting to live in Japan was quite easy in terms of fitting in with the culture and the society well I think so because um you know I'm not like native to England so I had to move abroad already to from Romania to because I'm Romanian to England so I already had to get used to a new culture uh, once and um, when I moved to Japan, I think I was more prepared to deal with new situations, and I think I'm more like quite um, adaptable. Yeah. So I feel like I was quite ready for it, and at the same time, I think it's important to, you know, Google around, you know, etiquette in Japan and try your best to learn what to do. I really like bowing, like you know, with about people. Oh, yeah. I love that. I think we ha- we need this in the UK. That's such a good point that you have to do your research before yeah. you go out there, so you're not um, surprised with certain, yeah, like certain you shouldn't handshake. We don't really do handshakes. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah. Any other tips? Any other rules of living <laughs> yeah. in Japan? Um, I think if you learn more about chopsticks rules, like, you know, at the same time, sorry, um, you remind me of something. They have, like, a culture of being really friendly to their friends. I mean, of course, we, we're friendly to each other here. But in Japan, they pour water for each other first before you drink. Like, you don't just pour water for yourself and you drink. And they give out chopsticks to each other and, you know, they, like, help each other first. And I thought that was so nice and I actually took that along with me here. Like, you know, oh, pouring nice. things. Yeah. yeah. So, are there any chopstick rules? You're not allowed to stab anything with chopsticks. Yeah. Okay. And you're not allowed to, like, rub... If they're wooden ones, you're not allowed to rub them together to get rid of splinters because it suggests that the shop, the restaurant has cheap equipment and... Oh, wow. So you wouldn't want, yeah, you wouldn't want to offend no. anyone. Okay. Yeah. Any other rules about living in Japan? Um, One of the biggest ones we found uh, when we went up to Japan was you don't tip like at all they'll get offended if you tip because um well I mean of course it depends on their personal opinion like you know individuals but what I learned is if you tip it suggests they need to work harder right to them okay so they'll run after you and give it back to you so they're not they they don't take it as a compliment but rather that you weren't satisfied Satisfied, yeah yeah that's really interesting because that's really different to most other countries really. i feel so relaxed there like not thinking about what's 20 percent of this you yeah. know you can just enjoy your meal and then, and then done. Yeah. yeah so whereabouts did you live in japan did you live in halls were you in private rented i think i lived in a university accommodation but i lived in a studio flat so okay. yeah i had my own little room and a little you know kitchen but <laughs> you have to remember that the space in japan is quite small so i like to cook but there was no oven and I got loads of burns because the area was so tiny oh, no. and I had to like hide away from, you know, hot oil. If I, I'll try to make donuts once and it didn't work out. <laughs> Health and safety. How did you find the living costs of Japan then? Because I think it is normally considered an expensive place to be. The most expensive thing was fruit, for sure. Like 
oh, I just miss fruit so much. When I came back, I just had to have loads of fruit. For example, <laughs> you know, for the price, I think, of a bag of apple, like the small ones, you'd pay for one big apple. Oh, okay. Wow. And I prefer having small apples and one big one because yeah. you just have to eat it in one go because yeah. <laughs> it'll go bad. But, you know, it was very expensive to buy fruit for sure. I would just I'd buy, buy canned fruit because fruit, that was cheaper. But at the same time, I think if you know how to cook and adapt your cooking skills to new, you know, ingredients, I think you'd be fine, really. I think I did okay. So you think food was maybe the most expensive I think so. thing in your budget? If you want to actually cook. But there were like bento, you know, like lunch boxes, mm. shops, that you could go and buy something for like uh, five pounds and includes like a big, you know, fish, rice, some pickles and uh, drink. So it wasn't that bad if you want to eat out. Okay. Was there anything, any food that you miss that you got in Japan that you can't get here? Um, I really miss fresh um, sushi, to be honest. Like, sushi. yeah, because here <laughs> the rice is very dry and, uh, you know, the fish is also not very fresh. But in Japan, it just I miss um, sushi with, like, salmon and fondue cheese, that kind of cheese. Oh, I really miss that. Salmon and that cheese? Yeah. That's interesting mix i know but I, I didn't expect it to be so good but i when i was in japan i really miss cheese from here because i don't really have dairy as much we don't really have i guess i do have cheese but if you like really like cheese like i do it's not the, che- the cheese you want yes <laughs> like you know i want cheese from a farmer mature yeah cheddar, that's what we want <laughs> yeah and if you're there you're not gonna get any like cheese you get like um cheese from america that's processed maybe you know that kind of cheese no. That's not cheese. So do you wish you would have brought cheese out with you? You know, it's very funny, Asis, because a lot of people, the other girls who were with me kind of judge me for this, but I spent, like, maybe £50 pounds on buying food from, like, an, um, a place that had, like, cheese, like, actual cheese, like okay. a block of cheese. So you, you found some in <laughs> Yeah. But, and of course, it's not like you can do that every day. No, of course. No, just to treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose that's nice knowing that actually you can get the home comforts if you really, really miss them yeah. that badly. Because people say, you know, they ask me, why do you spend so much money? But I just really needed cheese. I wake up at 3 a.m. <laughs> I'd wake up at 3 a.m. just wanting to eat cheese. I'll get so angry. I'll like message my friends. I'm like, I just want I cheese. That's some serious <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much cheese have you had since being back there? I have like maybe four different types of cheese in my fridge right now. Oh, I'm like so catching up <laughs> with the cheese I missed on. Oh. So were there any challenges in kind of living or studying in Japan? I think when where we lived, uh, we lived in the countryside and that was quite challenging because it's quite, you know, quiet and in the countryside there's not much to do. It's quite expensive to go out back to a city and to have fun and things. And there's loads of, um, I mean, I haven't really seen that many snakes, but I saw one snake once and that was enough to scare me. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, it wasn't like a poisonous or venomous one, just like a normal brown snake. But it really scared me because yeah, I saw it at 1am. Yeah, because in the countryside you have loads of rice fields and then there's mice and then there's snakes, you know. But um, you also have typhoons, which oh. happen in September, I think, mostly. Like, I think it happens from September till... No, I think August till September, something like that, I don't know. Um, I don't remember uh, the timeline, but when we when I arrived, I think like a few days later we had a typhoon. But it wasn't too bad for us, I think, I because think we were quite secluded mm. it was quite a right for us but if you're close to a river of course it's kind of a scary just being wet and windy yeah 
Um, so like a normal December day in the UK. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. But the winds are very extreme. strong. Yeah. yeah. And you shouldn't really travel because some like Japanese people are telling us that the train might stop at a station for a very long time and you have, you're stuck in a new city or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you have, um, like, did the university give you, I don't know, guidelines or prepare you for when there would be a typhoon? Did they step in? Not really. I, I mean, what, the university there did, but not yeah. all university. No, yeah, the university it was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They told us what to do. They just told us to stay at home. Yeah, to be fair, wet, windy outside, stay at home, watch But to be fair, um, I did buy loads of food that, you know, wasn't microwavable, didn't need, like, heating so you could just eat then and i had um like a flashlight as well i suppose that's actually a really really good experience to have in terms of a lesson in preparation yeah because we have like a huge cupboard so you could just put loads of food yeah. for a typhoon yeah. you know with the lights turn off or something but we also had an earthquake that was quite scary wow it's kind of exciting and we had like a flood that it didn't affect us, but some people died, I think, oh. probably. Wow. So it really, like, I suppose that is one of the things about going to a country yeah. like Japan is you will be exposed to events and elements that you probably won't have done in the UK because we yeah. don't, don't get that type of thing. Did you find the support out there quite good from your host university in terms of dealing with those situations? Not really. I mean, they just told us to stay at home. <laughs> that was like the biggest advice, just stay at home. Did you ever have like earthquake drills in your uni? No. No? Okay. I mean, when I think in Kyoto, people don't expect earthquakes. Okay. Uh, so it was quite rare for it to have happened. Yeah, because uh, Kyoto is meant to be the safest um, area for these things. Like Everyone always said, oh, it's so safe. And it's quite ironic that at the end we had an earthquake. Yeah. After a year of yeah. telling us it's so safe. safe. Yeah. Safe. Yeah. 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 I suppose they were surprised by it yeah. as well. Um, I remember it happened like 8am or something like that and I was still sleeping and I woke up and I was so scared. I was like, I didn't know what was happening. Yeah, you would <laughs> yeah. But we're glad you're okay. We've made it back in one piece. Yeah. yeah. And although it was a negative experience, it's a positive one because it has taught you how to prepare for Yeah. And also, like, it was quite amusing in that maybe like an hour later, not even an hour later, McDonald's was still up running. Oh, <laughs> you know? Nothing happened. They just After we knew, because you, you can't go out uh, on the stairs because there's aftershocks. Yeah. So after we knew that that was done, as you know, the bigger ones, you could go downstairs and we went to McDonald's. Because okay. the uni was cancelled, so. Was there anything um, other than dealing with natural disasters that you feel like you learn, or any skills that you learn abroad that you feel like you wouldn't have learned if you'd stayed here in the UK? I think it was more, you know, dealing with people who, you know, English is a second language, because English is second la- a second language for me as well. Um, I know Romanian and then English. And I think I'll, I'm usually more patient with these uh, situations. Um, I understand how that it's difficult to learn English. But at the same time, it also made me um, more patient even more. Um, I remember towards the end of the second semester, they gave us like a, um, you know, a, a class who were going abroad next year. And uh, they asked us to help them with their class, with like, you know, presentation, PowerPoint skills. Because they're not very good at present- like presentations and talking to a class. Um, well, at least that's why they believe. They... So something that they might need on their year abroad that you could kind of teach them. Yeah. Okay. And also, like, of course, when you're in a business situation, uh, when you're an adult, you need to learn how to, you know, you need to actually present things mm. and communicate with people. And, you know, because what I learned while there, I learned that 
you know, when you're in a meeting and there's you're meeting with Japanese people, I learned well, that's why people say that they're quite, you know, they communicate more in like subtle ways. And you have to pick up on those things. But if they do business with American people or British people or whatever, you know, um, it's a different dynamic and they have to learn to adapt. Like, mm. we have to learn how to adapt with that so kind of business. it's like a lesson for you in how to adapt your communication technique to who you're dealing with. Yeah. Which mm. is a really important life skill. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, I, I like talking and I was told, you know, that I'm quite different to how they are in classrooms because I don't mind going up and presenting about something if I know what I'm talking about yeah. if I'm confident but um, I find it very cute actually because they'll say uh, at the beginning of a presentation please listen to me and please be very nice to me and they bow and I'm like oh that's oh, really sweet really? yeah so, not everyone <laughs> but yeah. like, I think like 60% of times people would say that and I felt so sweet oh, that is nice. that's yeah, how nice. they would start the yeah. presentation so was there anything with the actual academic studying that was very different to what you do here in the UK? I think, you know, it wasn't as academic as I expected it to be. Perhaps it was because we were there more to help them learn English and learn skills they will need when they go, you know, if they want to live abroad or something similar. It was very, you know, it was quite simple for us, the classes. And it really surprised me that, you know, students will fall asleep in class and that wasn't frowned upon. Like physically fall asleep yeah because uh, what they say though well, if, if you ask why they say it's because it's assumed that uh, students learn so hard that they have to fall asleep in class and it's not frowned upon there but of course I it's might, different for us i might bring that into the office <laughs> that i'm working so hard i've had to asleep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's actually quite nice that the lectures give the students the benefit of the doubt because i'm actually here students fall asleep I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my own embarrassing story. I fell asleep in a lecture when I was a student here. And it was because it wasn't very well. So, like, I dragged myself in and I fought to get here and I had a cough. Be quiet, Hayley. Well, uh, I could totally see her trying to do, like, whatever. Not well, because you're hungover or... We're not going into why I wasn't well. <laughs> I totally fell asleep and it was really, really embarrassing because the lecturer totally picked up on it. And got the guy next to me, who totally was not a friend, because he could have woken me up. I was like, dude, you should have had my back here. Um, And the lecturer actually said out loud, is she all right? Is she not very well? And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) So you would not get away with it here. No. Because, you know, I I was talking with the students and I said, if if we did that here, we'd be told to kind of leave if you're that tired. Yeah, because it's rude. Yeah. Well, we think it's rude. Yeah. But um, I remember that kind of uh, gave me, the ch- I don't know if a uni wants me to say this, but it gave me the chance to kind of walk out of a class and get myself like a melon soda and nobody would notice me gone for like 20 minutes. Well, I suppose <laughs> if that's part of the culture and they're happy for students to come in and out or sleep, then, you know. Like, yeah, I remember yeah. we had like a class and I felt so bad for that professor. It wasn't his fault. The professor who was meant to teach us um left retired maybe like a week before we were meant to start the class and he had to pick up and he knew he didn't really know much about the subject i think and i felt really bad because a lot of people kind of like half of the class would leave like like fully leave not come back and i felt so bad for him it was really sad that's such a weird kind of culture to have and that is something that i think like for people who are thinking of studying in japan it would be really important for them to know that actually Classes are a lot more relaxed. Yeah. Lectures are a lot more relaxed. 
don't expect the same kind of serious structure that you get yeah. here in the UK. And it's really important to think about whether you feel like that is right for you. Um, I did take a linguistics class and the professor was very strict. I think like he was the strict, strictest teacher I had there because you know, I remember we went to this cafe. I can't remember why we were celebrating something with another class and five of us were in the same class we were meant to go to his class and we, we had to run up the hill that maybe takes like 10 15 minutes and we had like five minutes to run but then people kind of gave up halfway running because we were tired yeah. <laughs> and we we were maybe you know five minutes late maybe and we walked into class and he stopped the class and he said oh you guys are such a disappointment and i'm really upset with all of you and you're gonna lose a point now Oh, like, oh. Wow. Do, do you think it was specific to the global communications course that you're on that was maybe more relaxed than other I think courses? So. Yeah. Okay, so it could it could be different, but depending on the university and the course that you're you're studying. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I remember his exam. So in his exam, because in his class, I was the only international student. And there was nobody else who took his class because I think it was quite. A, you could when he read the uh, paper with you know syllabus and everything it looked quite a difficult class and so I was his only international student but I remember during one exam because in the second exam he changed up but for the first exam it was all in Japanese and I was so surprised you know I just turned their paper off and it's all Japanese wow. like I don't know what's happening here were you able to speak with him about it I put my hand up and I said I can't read this and he was like oh just try you know just try oh, yeah just like that <laughs> So I had to guess, and I, I got, I mean, I, I did very bad in the exam, but I think in no Japanese, but I, he gave me like a high mark because I talked a lot, so. Yeah. Sometimes it helps talking, because, yeah. you know, um, well, I think that might help someone in the future who wants to go to this uh, university. It really helped that if you really like to talk about yourself and your experiences and just like being social and meeting people, I think it's a good course for you. But if you expect to learn something new and, you know, learn, you know, learn something academic might not be a good experience for you yeah, that's good to know yeah because students will want to know how the course will be once they get there um so that's useful did you find it easy to make friends out there then did, did they put on events for you or how did you meet meet your um your friends um when it came to events they had um their own event team i guess but it wasn't like my friends i made there it was just an independent thing and for example we made sushi for new year's and we learn about New Year tradition, like, you know, eating beans and throwing beans to chase away the demon. Oh. <laughs> Something like that. What? That's yeah. Funny. You have to explain that. I, I actually don't know the full story <laughs> of it. But I I remember... We'll Google yeah, we'll Google that. I remember in um, shops, they had, like, a mask of a demon. And I, I was told that their dad would put it on and they'd play around and throw beans at a dad. Okay, that was I'll, really cute. I'll be researching that later. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> But we also, like, we went to make sweets. Um, I paid, like, maybe 50p. Like, it's very cheap. And they took us to an actual, like, really old shop where, you, like, you know, you could see, like, it was really antique and really old. And we made sweets there. It was I was really bad at making sweets, but, you know. That sounds so cool. So was that um, the events that the university put on? Yeah, for, like, international students. You do have to find it yourself. I don't think they tell you. I found it by accident halfway through. But it was, I really liked it. I like making stuff. I have to ask, did you see the spring blossom? Yeah, we had, uh, me and a friend who were there, we had a picnic there. Because, oh, you know, I bought so many bento boxes, you know, for lunches. And I bought so many accessories and everything. I have, like, 20 bento boxes in my house. 
and <laughs> and we went to we went to a park where has like a palace and we went there and we had like I, I cooked my own bento box but she brought bento box and we bought stuff and it was so fun and I really loved the flowers it was so romantic you know oh, beautiful. I was like if I get married I like to go over there for pictures and everything because oh, it's so pretty a nice idea. which brings us nicely onto the future so do you think your time abroad has affected maybe what you're thinking of doing after you graduate um I think so I think I like to go and live abroad I think because um, I was able to live by myself and I was able to kind of become more um, independent and, you know, more sure of my, myself, more confident. I think um, I like to go out and try my luck and live somewhere like full time, okay. not just one year. In Asia or in Europe? Or where I think you? I like to go to New Zealand, New actually. Zealand. Oh, <laughs> you're trying to get even further away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that brings us nicely on to the end because I would love to sit and chat to you about spring blossom and so many other things about japan but we do not have time so would you be able to summarize your time abroad in one word for us um i think i'll say exciting oh, fab so thank you very much maruna yeah is that right yes um for your time we really really have enjoyed talking to you as always thank you to our listeners we really appreciate you tuning in to listen i have been Gemma, and this has been i'm Haley. As always, people, if you have questions about going on exchange or going abroad, you can contact us at studyabroad at sutton.ac.uk. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for listening.